Good morning, good morning, footy fans. We're back with another episode of PL Daily, your morning wrap of Premier League news. This weekend, we've got a bunch of matches, as you'd expect. Leeds in the relegation zone, uh, Nottingham Forest. Gotta see who is gonna maybe try to get themselves out of there. But then you got Everton Man City, probably the biggest one to pay attention to because it has ramifications for relegation and the title race. All right, as we mentioned, Man City away to Everton. Everton coming off the big victory recently, pulling themselves, you know, out of the relegation zone, but just only, right? They're going to be taking on Manchester City, who just got done playing in the Champions League against Real Madrid, have to turn around and go to Goodison Park, take on Everton, who are going to be fighting for their lives. I think this will really be an important one in the title race. As we look ahead to this, again, are City going to have to rest players? Are they going to have to rotate? Everton are going to be just as difficult as possible for themselves. But we'll, we'll see how this goes. But I think pretty, pretty big implications uh, for both of these teams. At the end of the day, you assume City can do it, but we'll have to wait and see. Chelsea are going to take on Nottingham Forest. As we all know, they are down and amongst it in 16th, but on 33 points still in the the scrap. Leeds are taking on Newcastle. Could be a tough one as Newcastle continue to fight for their top four hopes. Uh, and let's see who else. Well, obviously, Arsenal taking on Brighton. Brighton have been on the beach, but Arsenal pushing really hard, trying to catch City. They're a game ahead. They're a point behind. A lot for them to do, but Brighton were massively, massively on the beach uh, as of last weekend. So we'll see if they put up much of a fight, if anything. And then Leicester will be hosting Liverpool on Monday. Uh, pretty much the last one of the relegation teams to, to take on. They're going to wait and see how everything else shook out before they play. Southampton, Fulham, look, I, I just consider Southampton to be going down. No hard feelings. I hope we can shake hands and move on. But Saints, it's been rough this season. Other than that, if you look around the table, it, I think it's just a, a normal game, right? The rest of the teams are kind of like in eh, positions. Uh, we probably aren't going to get any big surprises as teams just casually wrap up their Premier League campaigns. But don't worry, we got plenty more to cover besides these matches. We talked about Man City in the Champions League, but it would be rude of us not to talk about West Ham beating Azed Alkma 2-1. That's right. They are looking to get to another, well, I don't know, yeah, another European final. It's been almost five decades since they've been there, and uh, they are 90 minutes away from finally getting to um, to a final in Europe. Obviously, it's a little bit different for West Ham and David Moyes. They've had such a rough season in the Premier League, fighting off relegation. Looks like they've all but done it, you know, but it, it's... This is the the glimpse of hope for them, right? They're they're able to put together this run in Europe, uh, which is kudos to them because they've been able to kind of put the put the the bad run domestically aside as they as they have been able to focus on on you know this competition and, and trying to 
um, you know, do something positive for the fans and for the players. So again, uh, 90 minutes away, they got to go to uh, Netherlands and um, try to just hold on at this point. 2-1 on aggregate, heading heading there. Uh, again, this would be a wild shock. West Ham, as we've mentioned before, not in the relegation zone, have done enough, but they're in 15th place on 37 points. It has not been a good season for Moyes and West Ham writ large, especially after how it went last season. All right, some other news that we have going on here. Arsenal, bit of trouble as William Saliba and Alexander Sinchenko are facing missing the rest of the season with, well, a couple of big injury blows for them as the title race absolutely heats up. Uh, Unfortunately, due to injuries, uh, Saliba with a back injury, Sinchenko with a calf injury, they're just not going to be available for the final three matches for Arsenal. Obviously, they have some squad depth, but it's definitely going to be an issue for them. We've kind of talked about Arsenal's fixtures. I mean, with the three mat, with the three that they have left, it's definitely easier than where Man City have to have to go. But they're hosting Brighton again, Ben on the beach. Then they have to go away to Nottingham Forest. If Forest get a good result against Chelsea, maybe they'll be less worried because safety will be almost all the way done. And then they play Wolves the last day of the season, who again are completely safe, nothing to play for, as they're in 13th place. But missing these two players is going to be massive for them. So we'll see how they can bounce back if they can and if it creates a little bit of a wobble for Arteta and the Gunners. Sticking with the London theme, Mason Mount is no closer to a contract despite Maurizio Pochettino, who we assume will be the new manager, demanding that Mount is key to his plans. So, Mount is out of contract at the end of next season. So really, you need one, an extension signed this summer, or the player sold. It sounds like Chelsea and Mount both want an agreement, but yet it's not getting done at all. Mount just underwent minor surgery and is done for the rest of the season. And uh, we'll have to see how it goes. Mount wants, obviously, a pay raise. Chelsea want to put him on a long, long-term contract. He doesn't want that. So we got to figure out what middle ground it is that they can find, if any, to, to find a way to make this happen. Obviously, Mount came through the academy at Chelsea. He's been there since he was a kid. He's got the Chelsea DNA in him. The club wants to sign him, but for whatever reason, it's just not coming together yet. So we'll have to wait and see if Chelsea and Todd Bowley can get it done with Mason Mount ahead of the summer. Obviously, we've talked about Declan Rice. We know how close the friends Mason and Declan are. If there is any kind of advantage that Chelsea could pull without being in Champions League with Declan, it is Mason. But no Mason, definitely no Declan. Well, we already are starting to have the awards, the Football Writers Association Awards, we're on and Erling Holland wins the FWA player of the season. He was the men's footballer of the year, I guess is the technical award name. Holland has scored 51 goals in all competitions so far this season. Absolutely insane. He's leading City's Trouble Charge, and it's only his first season in the Premier League. We all know what he did in Borussia Dortmund. Uh, he was in the RB Leipzig system before that. I'm not sure we've ever seen a striker come 
from Europe into the Premier League and hit the ground running as fast as he's done. He has set so many records, whether it's scoring, hat tricks, uh, just lighting up the Premier League in different ways. He's their penalty taker as well. Uh, the man has broad shoulders and is not afraid of a big moment. So kudos to him. Absolutely deserved it. He's been tearing up the Premier League, and it's been hard for rivals to watch. I think this one caught my eye a little bit when it comes to transfers. It says that Manchester United boss Eric Ten Hag will make signing Everton's Jordan Pickford a priority if the club is unable to secure a new deal for David De Gea. Now, maybe it's because Everton are poised to go down. They are firmly in that relegation battle, as we said, on 17th, 32 points. Uh, the relegation zone right now is at 30 points, so it's all right there. But Jordan Pickford from David De Gea, Manchester United in general, need to get their goalkeepers sorted out. They have a plethora of them at the club. They don't know what they're going to do, though, with them, and I think that's what's confusing. They've got David De Gea, who's at times, maybe had some wobbles, right? I think there's a, a mixed opinions about him, but relatively, he has been fantastic for this club, right? Over the however many years he's been there. Then you've got Tom Heaton, who's widely considered a really, really good Premier League goalkeeper, correct? Uh, he's a, a more than capable deputy. They've got Jack Butland, who is there, uh, who had a high ceiling. I think his career just probably didn't go the way he wanted uh, so again like they they've got options right they just need to figure out where they want to go what they want to do because uh, the goalkeeper position I think just bringing in Jordan Pickford is not it for Manchester United if they're going to be top four trying to play in the Champions League and do something I know Pickford has played in huge international tournaments but I think that's a little bit different Gareth Southgate has pretty much all but assured Pickford every minute is his uh, unless, you know, injury happens. At Manchester United, they're not going to be able to provide that to him. Is he going to be dependent? I just don't know. I just personally, I don't see it. But hey, good for Manchester United. Good for Pickford. Figure it out. It all comes down to uh, David De Gea, apparently. Last but not least, I just found this fascinating. And maybe you will too. If I told you a Premier League club would have $200 million to spend in the summer transfer window, that probably wouldn't surprise you, right? If they're going to go after big players like Manuel Ugarte, who we talked about this week, not a big deal, right? This player's wanted by Arsenal, Newcastle, Liverpool, United, like all the big teams, anybody who needs a midfield target and has money is looking at Manuel Ugarte. Well, what if I told you it was Aston Villa who might have up to two? hundred million to spend the power of the Premier League is crazy and I tell you what I don't know the ownership structure at Aston Villa not my team not my understanding but again just the fact that a team in the Premier League who had a good season by all measures they're in eighth on 54 points Unai Emery absolutely bringing them from the, the mid-table or worse, uh, he came in this season and absolutely turned the season around. Uh, you know, at times they were even all the way up to sixth, right? They were looking for that, that Conference League, Europa League, and it looks like they're going to settle just outside of it. $200 million for a 
you know, what do you want to say? A top six team, a mid table team in the Premier League is crazy. So again, the rich keep getting richer. It just shows you the value of being in the Premier League, right? These TV deals, the sponsorships, the amount of money you're able to generate, even from a club like Aston Villa, which I say with all due respect, they're obviously not a huge club in London, so it's just tougher for them. Kudos to them to be in a position to really push on. I don't know what uh, Unai Emery's going to do with $200 million. I don't know how he's going to rebuild this squad because he's got him in a really good spot right now, but I'm sure he has plenty of ideas. So anyways, that's going to wrap us up for this episode of PL Daily. Hope you have a great Friday. Obviously, we will not be back over the weekend. Go watch the matches. Enjoy them. We'll be back Monday with all the wildest headlines from the weekend. Will we find out? Are Sampton officially going to be relegated? Leeds and Leicester, can they pull themselves out? Who knows? But we will be back Monday. I promise you, so have a great day, footy fans.